Possum Podcast. Toot toot. How you doing there, Mr. Possum? Oh, fair to meddling, I guess. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What'd you do today? Stuff, just various stuff, things. Stuff like what? Oh, you know, just stuff, just getting up and doing my stuff. Okay, uh, well, what time'd you get up? What time I get up? Yeah. Uh, morning, I guess. It was morning. I heard a bird. Was it, was it early morning or late morning, Mr. Possum? Uh, I don't know. Late morning, I guess. Okay, late morning. And what'd you do when you got up? Well, hey, hey, what's all this? Why are you grilling me, Big Al? <laughs> because it's grill night, Mr. Possum. Oh, oh, grilling night. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. It's a barbecue. Toot toot. Yeah, but barbecue. I'm into that. Toot toot. And Possum and I are going to take you through the essential elements and items of a classic backyard barbecue as I, Big Hal Dottie, would throw it. I have, of course, asked Mr. Possum to bring some items to the barbecue. By the end of the show, you guys should have all the info you need to put on a great cookout for your family and friends and, I don't know, your boss, whoever you want to invite over. We're going to fire up the old grill and we'll be back in just a second. What's the first, would you say, essential cookout item we're going to talk about? Let's talk meat, Mr. Possum. Meat is, of course, the most essential part of every grill experience, unless you are morally opposed to the practice of eating it, in which case you are totally right, and I'm sorry, because I'm not ready to join your ranks, and you're going to hate this segment quite a bit. We're off to a good start. So let's get it over with. The most common grill meats are your classic hamburger, the noble cheesed burger. <laughs> Hot dogs, a.k.a. Franks. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes if you have hard outdoor dishware, you can grill up a steak. A nice ribeye or a T-bone. That's what most people are throwing on the grill here in America these days, Mr. Possum. But I'd like to remind people of the most perfect, underutilized grill meat of all. What? Raisins? The turkey leg. Ooh. Three pounds of meat on a one-pound bone, locked in a cage of skin, sinew, and tendon. 
Not so much a protein as a battle with the very elements that make our bodies solid. The Big Howl Dotty turkey leg is prepared thusly. Each leg is brined for six days in a Sierra Mist cayenne powder blend, then coated with an egg wash. Then it's tossed onto the grill for 30 seconds aside and left to rest for 20 minutes. You gotta let that brief sear slowly permeate down to the bone. Then it's chow time, Mr. Possum. And you're gonna want to give yourself a good hour to battle with that beast. After you've completely gnawed all that meat off that turkey leg, you're gonna want to throw the bone over the fence. See you later, turkey bone. Now, this is interesting. I, I learned something. I didn't know that you could eat a turkey leg now. I thought you had to be like a medieval king to eat a turkey leg. Turkey's still got legs, Mr. Possum. That's true. That's very true. And one thing I've always said is if a bird is walking, you know it's got legs. Spoken like a true king. But you do raise an interesting point, and uh, maybe that's part of the romance, part of the beauty of wrestling with a big old turkey leg is that it makes you feel like a king. And you gotta eat a turkey leg like a king. You gotta take a big old bite and then just follow it up from a nice, long, sloppy gulp from your goblet and the red wine falls down your beard onto your shirt. And then you grab your wife and you kiss her face with your greasy turkey mouth and all that wine. And then you're a king for a day. So kind of a regressive view of, uh, of king behavior, but okay. Uh, Mr. Possum, that, that, that reminds me, you have brought items to my barbecue tonight as well. Have you brought wine and some goblets for us to feel like kings? Oh, no, I brought something else that will make you feel kingly. It's a paper plate, one per guest. Oh. Just enough. Keep your plate all day. You got a pen in the house you can mark with your name on it or something. You don't want to throw this away too soon because this is your one plate for the day. I see. Yeah, it looks like you brought just open paper plates. You didn't bring a like a package of paper plates. You counted out how many guests were going to be at this barbecue and brought exactly the number of paper plates. Well, I'm nothing if not rational and efficient. I think everyone knows that about me. Okay. They think they see, hear this voice, and they think there's an efficient feller. Well, what if somebody wants to return to the fixing table, and you know it's a it's local health code that you can't bring your plate back up. Are you inviting the health department to your, your house for the cookout? Is that what you're doing? Maybe you shouldn't also invite an opossum. I think that you've kind of crossed the streams there. You got to choose one. Health department or possum, buddy? Boy, that's got to be frustrating for people whose friends all work in the health department trying to have a backyard barbecue with those squares. But I think they'd probably probably loosen their ties and eat something off the ground in their off time. I think when the health department guy's clocked out, he's eating all sorts of mayonnaise and stuff that's been sitting out, and he don't care. Well, I have to give this spread a D for delicious. She's fighting with the dog over a turkey bone. She works at the health department. She really lets her hair down on the weekends, don't So you brought just enough soft paper plates, and these are pretty soft. These are very flexible. I, I don't imagine I'm going to be able to get a lot of food onto, onto one of these and count on it to keep it above the ground. Oh, you need to change how you think about plates. You people always thinking about hard plates like you're inside. You're outside. You're in my world. You fold your plate like a, like a soft taco shell, and then okay. you just kind of dump the contents in your mouth. You don't even need a fork. I see. 
So this is more like a tortilla. It's like a, yeah, it's a tortilla or a big floppy kind of New York style pizza where the toppings is whatever you put on your plate. Okay. having a barbecue. It's a barbecue night at Big Howl Dottie's. And I've invited my friend Possum over, and we're talking about some of the things that make cookouts so great. Ooh, Big Howl, what you got there? It's a dip. Ooh, dips. Let's talk about dips, Mr. Possum. Let's talk about dips, baby. Let's dip in a chip and see. Let's talk about all the good dips and the bad dips that can't be. Let's talk about dips. Another perennial grill essential is the array of dips and sauces one leaves out on the fixin' table to become less and less appetizing as the day wears on. You can dip potato chips or bagel chips or bruschetta or pita bites or melba toast into these and have yourself what the French would call a meal. Ooh la la. Now at my barbecues, I typically have a monstrous dip array, including the classic French onion dip. Mmm. Creamy artichoke. Ooh-wee. Southwest bean dip. Oh, man. Northwest bean dip. Mm, mm, mm. Beer cheese. Yum. Soda cheese. Mm. Pineapple mango salsa. Uh-huh. Sweet bourbon ranch. Mm-hmm. Bacon and gouda guacamole. Oh. Ham and milk tartare. Oh. Clam cocktail. Oh, my goodness. Wet spinach. Wet. Tanqueray maple syrup and chive corn paste. Mm-mm-mm. Blue raspberry tapenade. Ow. And, of course, boiled mayonnaise. Ooh-wee, you have taken me on a journey. Now, you are trying to tell me earlier that these get less appetizing as the day goes on. That don't make no sense. Dip just gets hotter, and that's good hot dip. <laughs> oh, foolish, Mr. Possum. All kinds of things happen beyond the heat. There's gravity itself, which wears the, uh, which wears the dips down. <laughs> There's the fingers of children and the double dipping of old people. And also adventurous flies reaching into the dip and sometimes falling in and drowning in there. What's wrong with some dip that looks like it's been lived in a little bit? That's some broken in dip. That's some dip that's seen some stuff. You could sit down by that dip and it could tell you a story. Mm-hmm. I don't want no fresh dip, don't know nothing. Get off of my chip. I want some hot dip that's seen some stuff. Well, speaking of seeing some stuff, Mr. Possum, what else have you brought to my cookout here tonight? Oh, well, I brought some uh, some grill-out essentials, something we're going to need to eat. I brought some taters. Okay, you're just holding a raw potato in each hand right now. Yes, two raw, dirty, unwashed potatoes for you, the cook. I brought these taters for everybody. There should be enough for everybody. You just got to do what you do and make them into... Well, I'd I prefer uh, the first one to be tater tots, and then if you could take this second one and make it into potatoes au gratin. 
That would be great. You want me to turn two raw rusted potatoes into tater tots and potatoes au gratin for all get for all the guests. Yeah, if you whatever you do with that grill box, just you know use that sharp thing you got there, and use that other flippy thing, and just you know just. Again, first one's tater tots, second one's a gratin. Now, did you bring any other ingredients for those uh, preparations? I mean, my understanding is that human beings go to the grocery store and they get taters and then they make stuff out of it. So you're a human being. I can see that you're standing on two legs. You've got a beard and you've got a, uh, a lifespan that's arguably way too long. And there you are. I think you're uh, ready to cook some taters. Now, Possum, I don't think you've been to a lot of cookouts. Uh, you've certainly never come to one of mine before. I'm just going to let you know, people generally like to have the food a few steps more prepared when it is brought to the cookout. Huh. Than just like a raw potato. Because, like, I would need to learn how to make potatoes au gratin. I would need to uh, dice up potatoes and shape them into small tots well it kind of sounds like you're just making it sound like a big deal you know most most cooks that know what they're doing they're like oh i'll have i've got some butter i've got some all right i clearly know how to make a tater tot because i don't know i'm a human mm-hmm. maybe i just think that you just kind of stink at this i tell you what mr possum let's see how we do with getting everything else cooked and then if i have time once i've cooked everything else I'll prepare you some potatoes au gratin and some uh, tater tots. So if you could just uh, toss those taters over onto the ground over there, uh, we'll, we'll get to them maybe later. You look different today, I must say. Something about you looks very uniformed. That's right, Mr. Possum. That's because I have on my grill uniform. Oh, that's cute. Another essential cookout item that the boss of the manor must have is, of course, their grill uniform. Every grill master worth his salt, toot toot, toot toot, must have an outfit that is both functional and stylish, but also alerts anyone at the barbecue to your status as an authority figure in the case of an emergency or in the case of a need for a judge to settle any arguments or disputes. As you can see, Mr. Possum, my grill uniform consists of some camo shorts with cargo pockets that I have filled with seasonings. Loose or in a bag? Oh, loose seasonings. Okay. You want to be able to get a good handful right out of the pocket. I have on knee-high tick-repellent socks. Uh, I can't help but notice you looking at my wide-brim cap with grill-related charms hanging from it. 
Yes, it's a very loud hat. The charms double as wind chimes as the wind runs past the brim of the hat. And here is my Cub Scout merit badge sash. Cub Scout? Yeah, I never made it to Boy Scout, Mr. Possum. I got I got sick of all the red tape. Oh. And finally, on top of it all, I have my apron here that says in bold letters, no time for kissing, there's flesh on the fire. Ooh, I like that. There's flesh on the fire. But why don't you have something nice like kiss the cook? Because then you get kisses and smooches all day. Well, there's no time for that, Mr. Possum. No time for love, Dr. Jones? Really? There's very little love in this line of work. When the apron comes off, oh, sure, then there's time for love. But when you are the grill master, your lover is that hot grill. Now, Possum, I see you've brought some kind of big, lumpy, uh, thing behind you that you're dragging behind you there. Uh, it, did you bring a, a tent to unfold or an inflatable pool or something? No, I just, I brought my beanbag chair from home. Okay, you brought your own chair, which is, uh, I, I think a lot of people do that, but you, you brought your beanbag chair from home. Yeah. For, for just you to sit on, or can multiple people sit on that at a time? <laughs> can multiple people sit on it? You want to sit in it? Be my guest. It smells weird. It smells like popcorn, but there's never been popcorn on it. It's a mystery, Big Al. Okay, so you brought, like, a really uh, unappealing chair that nobody else would ever want to sit in to my backyard barbecue. Yep, I I brought comfort from home for me. So what? So what? I don't see you giving guff to the lady that brought a chair. Well, but anybody could sit in her chair. Uh, Also, it's a folding chair. takes up very little space. Uh, It doesn't kill the grass underneath it. Is your chair filled with beans like mine is? Possum, if that is a conventional beanbag chair, or was at some point a conventional beanbag chair, I doubt it has actual real edible beans in it. Usually it's some kind of synthetic bean substitute. Don't you talk about my beanbag chair like that. My beanbag chair, it's full of beans. Now let's take that old knife and we're going to dangle it over the grill and we're going to gut this thing. And all the stuff it's going to fill out is going to feed this whole place. It's going to be like a miracle. And they'll tell stories. The possum who fed many with a beanbag chair. What were they yeah. eating? Beans, of course. When they, be, when they make me a saint, that'll be the first proof that I'm tight. The first miracle thing will be that I fed a picnic with my chair. That could also be the story of you dumping a bunch of plastic furniture filler... <laughs> into my grill, and ruining it in the middle of my barbecue. It's gonna stink! What you got there? Keep schooling me. Are you referring to this setup over here away from the uh, tables and the eating area? Why, why, yes, I am. Possum, why don't you throw that classic catchphrase of yours toward me? Get out of my yard. You ain't my wife. No, the one about the one about games. The, oh, the game one. I would like to play a game. Well, it's great that you want to play a game, Mr. Possum, because in front of you right there is the backyard barbecue favorite, Bean Blatt. Bean Blatt. Bean Blatt is a backyard game played with two teams of two players standing across from each other and a canvas sack suspended in between. The teams take turns tossing beanbags at the canvas sacks 
And there's kind of a fun, unique point scoring system that makes the game interesting. Oh, the point scoring system. I'm starting to feel sleepy. Oh, come on. Gotta have a weird point scoring system in these games. You do? Yeah, because otherwise you're just throwing stuff for like a half hour or whatever, you know? Yeah, that sounds tight. So here it is. If you hit the sack with your beanbag, you get a point. Okay. If you make it into the sack, you get two points. Okay, so far I can grasp this. Uh huh. All right. Now here's where it gets interesting. Only the team that won the last two games gets to score any points. What? I feel frustrated. You have to win two games in a row before you get any points. Any points at all? Yeah. It's about the long game, Mr. Possum. It's, a, it's called match strategy. You're thinking in matches, not in games. You, you got to be thinking two games ahead for this one. Doesn't that take, like, a long time? Oh, hours, Mr. Possum. This game takes hours to play. You keep going back and forth, and you're grappling just to make a single point for hours upon hours upon hours. Takes real dedication. And then you got people waiting in line to play the next game. Every summer, people die waiting to play this game, Mr. Possum. And you like this? This bureaucratic nightmare? You like that? Yeah, of course. It's a bean black. Okay, so you don't like my game, but that's fine. There's plenty to do here at the Backyard Barbecue. Speaking of which, it looks like you've brought another item, Mr. Possum. And uh, from the look of the label on it, I think you might have actually brought some, some food here. That looks like a bag of chips. Yes, sir. You got that right. This is a bag of chips. No cookout is complete without a bag of chips for everyone to enjoy. The old and the young and the middle-aged are like chips. Everybody likes chips. There you go. Okay. Uh, Possum, this is a near-empty bag of chips with just crumbs at the bottom. (laughs) Crumbs. Oh, what a fool. You look like such a fool in front of your guests right now. I'm not going to stand here in my Cub Scout merit sash and be called a fool, Mr. Possum. I'll tell you why you're a fool. Because the bottom of the bag of chips is where chips are born. It's the DNA of the chip. All of the concentrated flavor and powders and spirit of the chip lives at the bottom of the bag. If you was to clone yourself, you would use a drop of blood or something. Well, if you're going to clone a chip, you're going to take the crumbles at the bottom of the bag, and that's just science. These crumbs are the very lifeblood of the chip. All right, well, that sounded kind of impressive and thought out. It's also one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. It's just a near-empty bag of chips, and we've got a bunch of hungry people here. we got a bunch of dips out with nothing but fingers to stick in them. Well, I mean, we got a couple of taters that you made me throw in the ground. I got some chip seasoning. Why don't we just make some chips? Possum, do you think the way chips are made, and answer this honestly, do you think that people slice potatoes up and then pour the crumbles out of the bag of the last bag of chips onto those potato slices, and they become chips. Yes, yes. There's an article about it in a magazine. It's called the Potato Chip Chain Letter. It's about how each chip was begat from another chip. It's a chain that never stops.
great and powerful grill master. What is the last element of grilling that I don't know about that's real good? Well, we've eaten hot meat off the grill, Mr. Possum, and we've had some backyard fun, so it's time to cool off. And why not cool off with an item from my incredible cooler of the future? Oh, you got one of those fancy coolers? Yes, I do. Oh, what's it called? It's called The Cooler. The Cooler. Isn't that some smart branding right there? It's just called The Cooler, you know? It'd be a lot cooler if you you did. There's probably a joke in there somewhere. Yeah, probably. We'd have to spend another hour trying to find it. Well, what's it do? Well, this bad boy has 48 quarts of storage space and a hard plastic shell with a flat surface on top of it for placing stuff or sitting. It's also got a handy nozzle at the bottom for draining excess fluids. I got one of those. So, Big Hal, what what makes this the cooler of the future? Well, here's the best part, Mr. Possum. It's Wi-Fi connected, and it's got an app that you can pull up on your phone to see what the temperature is inside the cooler. Ugh. The exact temperature. Ugh. Why you need an app? Why can't you just open that thing up? It's cold. It's got ice in it. It's real, real simple. But anywhere in the world I am, I can flip open this app and I can see how, how cold exactly it is in my cooler. Hmm. I think that's pretty sweet. That's like something astronauts would have. In fact, I think they say in the brochure for this that this is the cooler that astronauts use. Big Hal. If the cooler has ice in it, it's cold. If it don't have ice in it, it ain't cold. You don't need this stuff. I'm not sure you're following me. This has an app. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. So that's the last thing I wanted to talk about tonight, Mr. Possum. And uh, I guess we could talk about another item you brought to the barbecue, but it looks like you only brought four items. You only brought, what was it? A couple of raw potatoes, uh, some very soft paper plates, empty bag of chips, a beanbag chair for yourself, and uh, nothing else, I guess, right? Well, I guess I've disappointed you. I've come to your cookout and I've brought a bunch of crummy stuff. I guess what I can offer is the ultimate gift. And what's that, Mr. Possum? My meat. Your meat? Yes, I could just lay down on that grill and I could I could be the entree today. Okay. Or, yeah, I mean what choice do I have? You know, I'm not I'm no good alive to you. I'm no good as a buddy. I've clearly failed you. So I guess I'm just good as dead meat. So, you know, with that being said, I guess I'll if I could just use your phone, I, I guess I'll call my poor old mother who can barely hear. Uh-huh. And tell her that I'm going to be dead soon at a cookout. And, of course, I'll have to yell it a lot. And I'll be yelling really bad news, which I hate to yell at my mother, but I guess I will. And all your guests will hear me yelling. And then, of course, uh, it's going to take me a while because I'll be sort of sad and ponderous about my life. But if I could use your electric shaver just to get all this old nasty hair off. That's a good idea. Try to save you the trouble of shaving the hair off and plucking me like an old chicken. Uh Uh-huh. And then I suppose I'll shamble over to your grill and just kind of... Say my goodbyes, and maybe you could give a speech or something, and then I'll just hop up on that hot, hot fire and 
Give the ultimate gift, which again is my meat. Okay. Well, that's a plan. All right, everybody. Is that going to work for you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess I'll walk all slow over to the grill and think about all the times I've failed you and embarrassed you in front of your friends. And I guess I'll just die sad and regretful Mm -hmm. on your grill. Yeah. Well, folks, it looks like Mr. Possum did, in fact, bring five items tonight to the barbecue. And the last one is a guilt trip. You like it? It's an old family recipe. Yeah. Some podcast. Toot toot.